This happened when I was 12. I was home alone for one night since my parents were in town with friends. I was in my room around 4.30am when I was woken up to the sound of knocking coming from the front door. I wasn't going to answer it, but when I looked down the peephole, there wasn't anyone there, shockingly. Then about 10 minutes later, the knocking happened again. I put on my shoes and sweatshirt just in case I needed to get out of the house through the back door. I looked out the peephole again, and I saw a guy who looked to be in his early 50s standing about a yard away, but I didn't get a good view of his face so I couldn't tell who he was. I even saw a knife tucked into his jeans. Then he took four steps towards my house. I freaked out, so I went out the back door as quietly as possible. Don't get me wrong when I say this, but before leaving the house, I didn't put on any pants. Yeah, I know, it's weird, right? But I didn't want to waste any time, but thankfully I was still wearing my tidy whities Anyway, when I got outside through the back door, I got to the sidewalk and ran for what felt like miles. I was running for about two blocks, and I then walked for about five more blocks until I finally found a police car. The officer in the car rolled down the passenger window and asked me, Hey kid, you okay? Why aren't you wearing any pants? I told him there was a guy at the front door of my house with a knife, and I left to go get help. I told him I didn't have any pants on because I didn't want to waste time and that I was scared for my life. He told me it'll be okay, and then he told me to get into his car so he could drive me home and then take a look at the situation. I got in his car and he drove me. When we got to the house, the officer told me to stay in the car until he got the guy, just for my safety. After about three minutes, he came out of my house with the guy in handcuffs. I got out of the car and I went to go see who the guy was to try to get into my house. I was absolutely shocked when I saw who it was. It was my mom's ex-boyfriend. Apparently, he wanted to come to the house in the middle of the night to slit her throat to get revenge on her for dumping him. But when he saw she wasn't home, he was angry. And I kid you not, that guy with the knife actually told me that I was his other target if she wasn't there. He then said to me, You're really lucky you got out of the house in time to get the police. Otherwise, you would have been dead. The officer put the guy in his car, and he came back to me. And I told him how the guy's my mom's ex-boyfriend. He said that he'd call my parents to come over and that he'd tell them about it. I gave him my mom's number, he called her, and then they said they were on their way. About five minutes later, my parents came home and the officer told them what happened. Afterwards, I told my parents everything else. They were glad I wasn't hurt, but were also confused about why I left the house while I was still in my underwear. I just told them I was scared for my life and didn't want to waste time. They understood. We thanked the officer, and then he left, and that guy with the knife got taken away. I went in the house with my parents, sat down in the living room, and explained to them a second time the entire story. They were just glad I wasn't hurt or worse. I'm now 23 and I have my own place, and I always make sure my place is locked before leaving for any reason or even going to bed. We haven't heard from my mom's ex-boyfriend since, and we hope it stays that way. I never liked being home alone, 
especially at night. The creaks and groans of the old house seemed to take on a life of their own, echoing throughout the empty rooms like ghostly whispers. On this particular evening, my parents had gone out for a dinner party, leaving me with the usual instructions to lock up and stay safe. As the clock ticked away, I tried to distract myself with the movie, the soft glow of the TV casting flickering shadows around the living room. The ambience, however, did little to ease the uneasy feeling settling in my stomach. Every small noise made me jump, and the wind outside rattled the windows like a chorus of distant whispers. I decided to retreat to my bedroom, convinced that the comfort of my own space would dispel the growing sense of dread. But as I climbed into bed and pulled the covers tight, an unsettling feeling lingered in the air. Suddenly a chill swept through the room, and I noticed a draft that seemed to come from the hallway. I dismissed it, attributing the sensation to the old house's quirks. Just as I closed my eyes, I heard something soft, almost imperceptible. It was footsteps. My eyes shot open, and I strained to listen. The rhythmic sound echoed throughout the quiet house, each step deliberate and intentional. Panic set in as I realized the footsteps weren't mine. The realization hung heavy in the air, and I lay frozen in bed, my ears tuned to the haunting cadence. Unable to resist, I cautiously slipped out of bed, my bare feet meeting the cold floor. The hallway stretched out before me, dimly lit by the soft glow of the moon filtering through the curtains. The footsteps continued, growing louder with each passing moment. Against my better judgment, I followed the sound, a lump forming in my throat. The steps led me down the corridor and into the heart of the darkness. The air felt charged with an inexplicable energy and a sense of foreboding washed over me. As I approached the end of the hallway, the footsteps abruptly ceased. The silence that followed was deafening. I stood there trembling, my eyes straining to pierce the shadows. That's when I saw it. A figure, vague and indistinct, standing just beyond the reach of the feeble moonlight. My heart raced, and a chill ran down my spine as the figure then turned to face me. Panic consumed me, and I stumbled backward, retreating to the safety of my room. I locked the door, my breath shallow and rapid. I called 911, and shortly after I heard sirens and saw the flashing lights. They called my parents, and then what do you know? The police came out of my house with a very skinny and creepy looking guy. They took him away, and I never saw him again after that night. I know a lot of people out there would stay home alone at a very young age due to their parents working night shifts, but in my case, I was never able to stay home alone. One day when I was 15, I thought I was old enough to stay home alone. My parents were going to the store really quick to get some last minute things for dinner. I was too lazy to go just for a couple of items, and I wanted to stay home and watch a movie that I had recorded on TV. After wanting to my mom that they weren't going to be gone for a long time, I convinced her to let me stay. As she was leaving and telling me a thousand times to make sure the door was locked and to not open the door for anyone, I then rushed into the living room and turned on the TV. Our home has two doors. There's a door on the right side where the driveway is, 
and a door on the left side where the living room is. We don't ever use the left door, and this is something all of our family and friends know. If I ever had a friend coming over, I always made sure they knew to knock on the right side door. Even when we get deliveries, I always leave a side note saying to please use the right door. My family and I make jokes about the left side of our home looking abandoned since we don't use it. My mom focuses on cleaning the right side. Anyway, as I turned on the TV and laid down on the sofa, I suddenly heard a loud knock on the left side door. I paused, thinking maybe it was the TV, but then I heard it again. I turned off the TV and ran towards the hallway. I didn't dare to look out the window. I was scared that it would have been more noticeable. As I was in the hallway, I was peeking towards the door. It felt like I could see how the door vibrated each time the person outside was knocking on the door. I didn't know what to do or who it could be. Everyone I know knows to use the right side door. I was so scared that my legs gave up on me and I sat down as I looked at the door. The knocking then got even louder. I don't even think it was a knock anymore. It was more like full-on punches. After what felt like hours, it eventually stopped. I sat there crying when I suddenly heard the right side door then open. It was my dad. I looked up at him and I actually felt anger because I thought it was him who was knocking. I was immediately convinced that my parents did this to scare me, but my dad was just genuinely worried and asking why I was crying. I told him what happened, and after he clarified that it wasn't him or my mom who was knocking, he told me that my mom kept saying, What if something happens to her while she's home alone? How are we going to live with that? So she apparently made my dad drive back to the house to get me. As I came outside and looked at my mom in the car with a worried look, I started to really wonder if I had made it up. Did the knocking really happen? Or deep down was I just really scared to actually stay home alone? In the car, I asked my parents if they saw anyone walking as they reached the house, but they said there was no one. It's been seven years, and to this day, I still wonder if someone was really out there. The story happened to me back in 2008 when I was 11 years old. I normally have a terrible memory, but this event was so traumatic for me that I can remember it as if it happened yesterday. I had just gotten home from school, ate a snack, and decided to go take a nap. My parents had just started allowing me to stay home by myself while they were at work. My grandma had recently undergone open heart surgery and my parents had decided to let her come and live with us. It was a good decision because there would be an adult at the house when I got home from school. Even though my parents had just recently started allowing me to stay home by myself, they still didn't really like the idea. Most of the time, my grandmother would always be home in the evenings when I got home. On this day, however, she was out running errands, which meant I had the house all to myself, which I really liked. During that time, I got some packages off of the porch. After that, I ate my snack, and I think I sat down and watched a little television. I can't remember exactly. I ended up going to my room to take a nap since I was tired. I knew that my grandmother would probably be home any minute, but my parents wouldn't be home from work until later. 
I took my shoes off and crawled into bed and was asleep in seconds. I don't think I was asleep for more than 15 minutes when I heard someone open the front door downstairs. I thought it may have been my grandma, but that thought vanished because no one in our household used that door. We always used the door in the garage instead. This sort of freaked me out, especially with the fact that I didn't even hear the garage door go up. I then yelled out to see if it was my grandma. There was no response. I yelled for her again. There was still no answer. I continued to lay in my bed, and for a second, I was sort of freaked out. I used to watch crime shows, and I was a bit paranoid sometimes. I then thought that maybe it was just my grandma and that maybe her garage door opener wasn't working or something. It was impossible for some random person to just walk into our house uninvited. Or so I thought. I closed my eyes and attempted to go back to sleep. I didn't even get to fall asleep until the door to my room opened. I sat up in my bed thinking it was my grandma. It was not my grandma. It was a man. A random man that I'd never seen before in my life. I was frozen. He just stood in my doorway staring at me. I continued to lay on my back unmoved. I was frozen in place. We both just stared at each other for what seemed like forever. I know, you're probably wondering why I continued to lay in the bed despite an intruder being in my room. I knew that if I tried to run, he would be able to catch me. There was nowhere to run to because he was standing right in my doorway. We both continued to have a stare down. He didn't even move. He just stood at the doorway not doing anything but just staring daggers at me. I expected any moment that he would walk towards me and do only God knows what. To my horror, that's exactly what happened. He began to step towards my bed. I shouted at him to get out, but he continued to walk towards me with an evil grimace on his face. I was paralyzed with fear, and I had no idea what to do. I just kept yelling at him to get out. He then shouted at me to shut up. I was frozen. I needed to do something before this man would end up doing something horrendous to me in my own bedroom. I was so in shock that this was happening that it didn't even seem real. When he got towards my bed, I did the only thing that I could think of, and I threw my blanket over his head and made a run for the door. Throwing my blanket over his head seemed to distract him for a little bit. When I reached the door, I was horrified when he grabbed me by my arm. I took my other hand and I scratched his hand with my fingernails. He violently threw me on the ground and proceeded to beat the living hell out of me. Each punch on my head and jaw was the most painful thing I had ever experienced. At the time, I was only 11 years old, and I weighed no more than 80 pounds soaking wet. This man was way bigger than me, and him being on top of me was smothering me and cutting off my air supply. As he put his hands around my neck, I was surprised at what he was about to do. The bastard was about to fucking strangle me. When he put his hands around my neck, he began to squeeze. I grabbed his wrist and began to scratch them as hard as I possibly could with my fingernails. That pissed him off, and he hit me so hard that I was surprised the blow didn't knock me out cold. He then proceeded back to choking me. At that very moment, I could feel my air supply begin to cut off. I know this is cliche, but I literally felt the life draining out of me. 
I could feel myself getting weaker and weaker, as if I was going to either pass out or die at any moment. It's no exaggeration when people say they have watched their lives flash before their eyes. At that moment, I was determined not to accept the fact that I could be murdered in my own home. I then did the only thing that I could think of, and that was to play dead. As it was strangling me, I began to close my eyes and make my whole body go limp as if I was a rag doll. That was the only thing that I could think of, and it seemed to work because he released his hands from my throat and dropped my limp body to the ground. I then felt him stand up, and he then kicked my motionless body, I guess to make sure I was dead. He proceeded to kick me a couple of more times, which hurt like hell. Despite the kicks, I tried my best to stay as still as possible. I felt him hover over me, and he was inches away from my face. As the intruder stood over me, his heavy breaths filled the room. I could hear the sound of my own heartbeat pounding in my ears, drowning out any other noise. Fear flowed all throughout my veins, but I knew I had to gather my strength and find a way to survive. I cautiously opened my eyes, peering up the man who had just tried to take my life. His face was contorted with anger and malice, his eyes filled with the darkness that sent shivers down my spine. He saw me clear as day open my eyes. My act was up. He knew I was still alive. I knew that I couldn't let him win. I had to fight back. Summoning every ounce of courage I had left, I mustered a weak voice and pleaded with him not to kill me. I informed him how my parents loved me, and if I died, it would run them. I promised him that if he left, I wouldn't tell anyone that he had been there. He only sneered, his lips curling into a sinister smile. He leaned into my face, and he told me that there was no way he could let me live after I'd just seen his face. His words sent a surge of adrenaline through my body. I knew that I couldn't reason with him, but that I had to find a way to escape. I scanned the room, desperately searching for anything that could help me. My eyes landed on a heavy lamp sitting on my bedside table. It was my only chance. With a burst of energy, I kicked the crap out of him and I lunged towards the lamp, grabbing it with all my might. The intruder lunged at me, but I swung the lamp with all my strength, connecting with his head. He stumbled backward, but I was not able to see his full reaction due to the fact that I took off running after I had hit him. Seizing the opportunity, I bolted towards the door. My body ached with every step, but the fear propelled me forward. I could hear his heavy footsteps behind me, closing in fast. I had to find a way to escape. As I reached the top of the stairs, I made a split-second decision. I knew this decision could possibly kill me, but I would have rather have died from trying to save myself than to die by his hands. I leaped over the banister, hoping to catch him off guard. The fall was painful and unbeknownst to me at the moment, I had fractured my leg. The jump was painful, but my adrenaline was activated. I continued running towards the front door. With a burst of adrenaline, I flung open the door and then sprinted out into the street. I didn't even attempt to look back, fearing that it would be right behind me. I ran as fast as my trembling legs could carry me, tears streaming down my face. Finally, I reached a neighbor's house and pounded on the door, praying for someone to answer. Luckily, I knew the neighbor who I refer to as Nadine. 
she was a woman who had been to my house a couple of times and she was friends with my mom. Once she opened the door, her eyes widened in shock at the sight of me, bruised and bloodied. Barely able to get the words out, I informed her that an intruder was in my home and that he was trying to kill me. Nadine quickly ushered me inside, calling the police and comforting me. It was over. I had escaped the clutches of a monster. Despite it being over, I was still scared for my life and my whole body was trembling. My leg was also in so much pain that I could barely stand after the adrenaline had finally worn off. The police and ambulance arrived in Nadine's house. I was quickly rushed to the hospital to be treated for my injuries. At the hospital, I gave the police a detailed account of the horrifying events that had unfolded in my own home. They assured me that they would do everything in their power to catch the intruder and bring him to justice. I found out that I had fractured my leg when I jumped from the banister. The doctor had informed me that as a result of me running on my leg, I had made the fracture even worse. My parents rushed home from work to the hospital, their faces etched with worry and fear. They held me tightly, tears streaming down their faces as they realized the danger that I had faced alone in our own home. It was the best feeling in the world to see my parents, and I immediately let out all of my emotion when I saw them. My dad was in so much rage that he wanted so badly to get his hands on this guy. I had never seen him so angry before. He was always a cool, calm, and collected guy. But that day, I saw another side of him that was a bit frightening. My grandmother was extremely apologetic, and she blamed herself for not being home on time. I reassured her that what had happened had nothing to do with her, and that I wasn't mad at her. News of the incident spread throughout the community, and neighbors rallied together, offering support and assistance to my family. The sense of unity and compassion was overwhelming, and it helped us to begin to heal from the trauma that we had endured. As the days turned into weeks, the police investigation intensified. They combed through evidence, interviewed witnesses, and tirelessly searched for any leads that could help identify the intruder. The fear of him returning haunted my every thought, but I refused to let it consume me. Slowly, I began to regain a sense of normalcy. Therapy sessions helped me rebuild the trauma and rebuild my shattered confidence. The physical scars healed, but the emotional wounds would take much longer to mend. Weeks passed, and the police finally made a breakthrough. They apprehended a suspect matching the description that I had provided. It turned out that he had been locked up before for petty offenses. To my surprise, he had never been locked up for murder or assault. The evidence against him was overwhelming, and he had pled guilty for his attack on me. The police had informed my parents that he had entered our home through the front door. Apparently, I had forgot to lock it after grabbing the packages off the porch. An even more startling revelation was that he had lived just two doors down from us. He had apparently went to stay with his ex-girlfriend after he had attacked me. I had never seen him in our neighborhood before. As a matter of fact, Many of our neighbors claimed that they had never even knew that he lived in the neighborhood. Knowing that he was behind bars brought a sense of closure, but the memories of that fateful day would forever be etched in my mind. I had survived a nightmare, but I was determined to not let it define me or let it take over my life. I never wanted to be a victim, and I don't see myself as a victim. After that, I began taking self-defense classes and taking up martial arts. 
It has made me feel empowered and less like a helpless victim. Now at age 26, I vow to never be a victim of a crime like that again, or to ever have my life threatened. Though the scars of that day would never fully fade, I learned to live with them. They served as a reminder of my resilience and the power of the human spirit. I had faced the darkest of moments and emerged stronger than ever. I don't see myself as a hero or anything, but more so just someone who did whatever they had to do to survive. And thank God I did. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember, to always, stay.